0: Welcome back to Pocket Money. Hey, Mark.
1: Hey, Sally.
0: So, on Pocket Money, we've spoken about buying a home and property and investing quite a lot and it's a topic that we'll continue to chat about I'm sure um, you know there's so many pieces of the puzzle but today we're actually going to focus on home loans.
1: Yeah so this is a 101 style episode we're going to be going into everything that you want to know about home loans but we're too afraid to ask <laughs> <laughs> and to help us we're actually talking with Finder's very own home loans expert and writer Richard Widden. Richard spends his days digging into the latest property news, writing helpful educational content, and making sure Aussies are armed with everything they need to research and find the right home loan for them.
0: So yeah, I guess this is useful whether you're at this phase in your life already, or even if, you know, you just don't really know how home loans work and it's something that you will probably need to know about in the future. But of course it is just one piece of the puzzle, you know. You can also think about mortgage brokers, how to find the right place, inspections, auctions. You know, there's a lot of stuff to cover. So welcome to Pocket Money Richard. Hey, how are you going? I'm well, how are you?
2: I'm very well indeed, very well.
0: So we're going to start at the very top. What exactly is a home loan?
2: Yeah, I guess home loans are a little bit unique because you're buying a property and the property acts as a kind of uh, a security, it's value, right? So the bank will lend you money and if you somehow can't pay it back, the bank knows that you've got a property that's worth something that they can sell in the event that you can't repay it that's called a security. So that's why a home loan interest rate is a bit lower than most other financial products because there's a security factor to it. It's a different to say like a a car loan or a credit card interest rate. But the downside is you're borrowing probably a huge amount of money. So you you are paying back a lot of money with the interest as well.
1: And you touched on interest rates. So walk us through the anatomy of a home loan and all the major features uh, that you'll see.
2: Yeah, the interest rate really is the, uh, it's the key part of any home loan. It's the most important thing. When you're looking for a home loan, you can really start by looking at that interest rate. It's probably the closest thing to, say, like a, a price tag, I guess, if you're thinking about other products. It determines how much you end up paying. And uh, the general rule is a higher interest rate means you pay more interest and a lower interest rate means you're paying less interest.
0: When we're talking about home loan interest rates or mortgage interest interest rates, uh, you hear a lot about you know like variable, fixed, split. What are the differences between these?
2: Yeah, that's where it gets a little bit more complicated because um, you've got choices, I guess. when you look at a home loan, you can generally pick either a fixed or a variable interest rate. Same principle applies. The difference is that a variable rate obviously can vary. A variable interest rate can change at any time. Anytime your lender wants to uh, increase or decrease the rate, they can, and they will, and there's not really anything you can do about it. Whereas a fixed rate, you can actually agree to the interest rate and you lock it in for a certain time, usually between one and five years. So you can fix your rate. It doesn't It doesn't change for the whole period, which means your repayment doesn't change. Every month you have the same repayment for that fixed period. When the fixed period ends, you go back to a variable rate and it can be higher or lower, it can change. Yeah, so they do operate a little bit differently. Fixed, you know, you know exactly what you're getting. Variable can change at any time. Although to be fair, most lenders aren't raising or dropping their rates up and down you know, every month or everything. It's not a constant change, but it can change. Variable rates tend to be a bit more flexible. Usually you're able to make extra repayments or you can switch to a different loan or a different lender without any kind of penalty more easily, whereas a fixed rate loan, sometimes there might be some kind of breaking cost or extra fee for doing that. So variable gives you a bit more flexibility, I think. And the majority of Australians do use variable rate loans. It changes all the time, but it's roughly about 80% of the market is variable and 20% um, is fixed.
1: And uh, Richard, you touched on the fact that variable rates move and they fluctuate. And one of the components behind that is the RBA. Maybe you could just quickly explain how that works and why rates would change because of the RBA and even what the RBA is?
2: Yeah, it's very relevant at the moment. So basically the Reserve Bank of Australia, they set some different interest rates that affect the bank's sort of borrowing and funding costs for home loans. And this year the Reserve Bank has actually cut the cash rate three times down to the record low of 0.75%. And what that means is that it becomes cheaper for banks to borrow money to fund home loans specifically variable uh, mortgages. And what lenders typically do is when their costs get cheaper, they will pass on some of that cut onto their customers in the form of lower interest rates. It's never been lower, and the result is that home-on interest rates have gotten a lot cheaper uh, because lenders are passing on Usually not all of the cuts, but a lot of the cut, they pass it on to borrowers in the form of lower rates, which is good news for anyone who has a mortgage or is thinking of getting one. It just means that your repayments will get smaller. And that's for variable rates, although it should be mentioned that fixed rates are pretty low at the moment too. So whatever type of mortgage you're looking at, it's a really low, it's a low rate environment.
1: And that also means that the rate cuts might not always be passed on in full when you're talking about variable rate loans.
2: The most competitive lenders will often pass the full one on but a lot of them will will pass on a certain percentage of that cut so it's always good to be especially nowadays if you have a home loan already is to look at your rate and think about like is this rate still competitive have other lenders cut by more yeah especially with the variable rate you've got to always be checking what's on the market and um yeah seeing if there's better things out there so
1: how should you go about choosing between a fixed or a variable rate and which is better
2: It's a tough one. There's no way of saying which is better. It's very much down to almost a sort of a personal preference or a kind of a personality thing in some respects. If you really value sort of stability and certainty, then a fixed rate is good because you know exactly what your repayments are. So you can budget them exactly for that fixed period. And it gives you a kind of peace of mind and you're not really worried about things going up and you you haven't got to constantly watch interest rates. But then the downside of the fixed rate is, especially if you, let's say, if you fixed your rate two years ago at like, let's say 4% or 3.8%, which was a competitive deal you know probably a year or two ago, but now that rates are falling below 3%, you're actually paying a lot more and you're kind of missing out on the savings of a lower interest rate because you're on that fixed period. Whereas a variable rate, there's a high chance your rate would drop too, especially with with the RBA um, cash rate cuts. But even if it didn't change, you could probably, more easily switch to a a better deal on a variable rate. That's a pretty important point. And variable rate loans tend to be lower than fixed rates. Although at the moment, they're almost the same. They're very, very close. And in fact, sometimes fixed rates are lower, but historically a variable rate is gonna be lower in the long run, I think you'll end up probably paying slightly less.
1: Yeah, so it seems like preference really factors into your choice of interest rate. And I am one of the people who locked in an interest rate before it dropped recently. So, uh, uh, yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about, You're not Rich. a
0: gambling man, Mark? No,
1: no. Well, I split, <laughs> so I'm half a gambling man.
2: Uh- <laughs> can we talk about splitting? Because that's you mentioned that one. Yeah, splitting yeah. is simply when you have, you can divide, many home loans allow you to divide your loan into portions. So you can have a sixth portion on a fixed rate and another part on a variable rate. So you get a little bit of the benefits of both, kind of hedging your bets.
0: I didn't even know that splitting was possible. I thought you just had to choose one of each, which I guess is good to know because what you're describing it it would be difficult for the average person to predict what's going to happen. So let's talk about when you're, you know, looking for a home loan and how much you can and need to borrow. So can we break down some of those costs?
2: So I think most people probably have they've heard the word deposit before. That's a pretty basic concept. But basically, you break down a home loan into into two parts. The deposit, which is the money you save up yourself. And then that goes immediately into the purchase. And then the rest of the money you borrow from the bank, that's the loan amount. Typically, the traditional uh, deposit size is 20% of the purchase price. So if you're looking at, say, a million dollar home, that's 20%, $200,000 you have to save up of your own money. And then you borrow $800,000, which is called the loan principle.
0: So would it be better if you can save for a bigger deposit then if that, if the interest is being calculated on how much you're borrowing rather than the total amount of the property?
2: It can be a lot of money to save up. So like a lot of buyers, especially, you know, 1st home buyers have struggled to um, actually Build up that big deposit so there are many lenders that will let you have a smaller deposit as low as 10% or even 5% in some cases therefore you borrow up to 95% which means you save a bit less money and you borrow more but the, the upside is you're buying your home sooner
0: is that the case just because like prices are rising and people are struggling to save up so lenders are actually trying to get probably young people or first home buyers especially like just into the game
2: Yeah, basically, yeah. They they realize that it's pretty hard to do with a 20% deposit. So they will lend you. And usually the interest rate is equally um, competitive and you can have a smaller deposit. There is a downside though. If you're borrowing, so if your deposit is under 20%, so if you're borrowing more than 80% of a property's value, the lender will also charge you a thing called Lender's Mortgage Insurance, which is a premium you have to pay. It's called insurance, but it doesn't protect you. It protects your lender. If you can't repay your loan. So um, if you've got a small deposit below 20%, the lender sees you as a bit more of a higher risk, they will charge you this extra um, cost as well.
1: And uh, like you touched on Rich, uh, an interesting thing that you'll have to weigh up when you're borrowing is does it make sense to buy something now with a small deposit and pay the higher fees, or does it make sense to wait and save up a larger deposit and where property prices during all of this uh, as well?
2: It's very interesting. Yeah. If you think back to, if you wind the clock back, say five years, especially in in Sydney or Melbourne, or even in most places in Australia, property prices jumping up really quickly. So if you're the average person you're saving, trying to save a 20% deposit, but every month, every year, the prices just keep jumping up. Therefore your the deposit that you need gets bigger as well. You're chasing a constantly moving target. It was very, very hard for people to jump in. Whereas if you had actually taken the plunge and got yourself 5% deposit, borrow more money, pay the lender's mortgage insurance, but then you buy a property that's suddenly you know, in a booming market is rising in value, you're actually probably in a better position because yeah, your property is rising in value as you're paying it off. You've got your foot in the door and you're there. That decision actually makes a lot of sense. But then the reverse is also true. If you take the plunge, 5% deposit, buy a property, but you're in a falling market, prices are going down. You could end up with a property that's Worth slightly less than what you've sort of paid for it almost, and you're almost owing the whole amount of the property to the bank, and prices are falling. The market pricing does have a big sort of impact on that. The key thing to note is whatever decision you make just to make sure that you're comfortable with the repayments that you're looking at regardless of what happens to the property price up or down and you're buying a home that you want to live in that you're happy with you're paying it off and you can afford it and it's a place that suits your needs then you don't have to worry so much about you know the price going up and down you shouldn't focus too much on that kind of imaginary loss of value because you've got your own house if you're an investor on the other hand then it's a different story because you're trying to make money
1: Mortgages have a lot of other features. So what features should borrowers look for?
2: Mortgages are pretty standard products. So most, most mortgages have kind of similar features. I think the main one that borrowers should look at that not every home loan has, but lots of them do, is the offset account or a 100% offset account, as it's sometimes called. It's actually an Australian um, financial innovation. It's basically a bank account that's attached to your home loan, a bit like a normal savings account. You can put money into it and you can spend it as you like, or you can save it. But the difference is you don't gain any interest on the money in this bank account. But instead, as long as the money is in your offset account, it offsets your loan amount. So it acts like a kind of temporary reduction on the money you've borrowed. So as long as it's there, the bank home loan amount is actually a bit smaller, and therefore you're paying interest on a smaller amount of money. Your interest costs go down as long as the money is in the account.
0: Does that mean that the monthly repayments get smaller?
2: Good question. No, it doesn't actually. Your repayments stay the same, but you're paying off more of the loan principal and less interest. You're usually repaying interest and principal together up on, on a lot of home loans. You're essentially paying off the home loan faster, but it looks like you're still repaying it the same way. Let's say your home loan is 30 year mortgage term, but if you have some money in the offset account, it will actually end up shrinking that time down and you will actually finish the loan faster and therefore pay less interest. So monthly stays the same, but over time you end up with less money. Um, It's about the long game, I guess.
0: And what about Redraw Facility? I've I've heard of that one as well.
2: Hmm. Actually, let, let me explain a separate feature first that relates to Redraw, which is extra repayments. So a lot of home loans allow you to make extra repayments on top of your compulsory you know, monthly repayment. If you put more money on top of that, that's called extra, extra repayment, and most mortgages allow you to make those repayments without penalty, but some loans don't. But if your loan does, you can pay off extra, and then the redraw facility allows you to pull out that extra money that you've paid off if you need to spend it. So for example, let's say you've got a home loan, you're paying it off, uh, you come into a bit of extra money and then you put $10,000 of extra repayments onto your loan to pay off a bit more, but then all of a sudden you know, your car breaks down and you need some to spend some money on repairs, but you've got no cash in the bank. You can pull out a few thousand dollars through your redraw to cover your costs. Yeah, it gives you a bit of that same sort of offset account flexibility. You make an extra repayment, you can pull it back out as you need to it's not quite as free or as flexible as an offset account. Any money in an offset account is your money, 100%, you can do whatever you like with it. Whereas a redraw, it's the bank's money and they're letting you take it back out to a certain degree. So there's often there's fees involved or there's minimum amounts you can redraw or there's limits. Um, So an offset account gives you a lot more flexibility, but redraw, um, yeah, it's also quite useful if you've made extra repayments. But if you haven't made extra repayments, then the redraw doesn't really help.
1: Uh, That's an interesting distinction. So I have an offset account on my home loan and I just treat it like my savings account. So all my extra cash goes in there. And then like you said, Rich, if something happens or if I need to get that money, you know, it's literally linked to my visa, like a visa debit card. So I just like, for better or worse, can easily access that cash whenever.
0: Shopping spree.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You've got to be disciplined, Sally. As long as you leave it there, as long as the money's in the offset account, it's, it's helping you pay less interest. But then when you need it, you pull it out. So a lot of people just put all their extra cash and savings in the offset account, or they even get their salary paid directly into it. And then they're just uh, disciplined with how they use it, as with any money. And they just get as much benefit as they can from having money in that account.
1: Rich, let's talk about eligibility when it comes to home loans. How does a lender decide if you're eligible for a home loan?
2: Yeah, this is something that's gotten a lot more attention, especially in the last two years with the Banking Royal Commission and the authorities cracking down on lenders, making sure that they are lending responsibly has had the effect of making eligibility a bit more of an issue. So basically you apply for a home loan and the lender will look at your, your finances in a fair amount of detail and increasingly a lot more detail than they have been. A lender will always look at your income, so how much money you're earning through salary, your assets, if you have say shares or other investments, they'll look at all your debts. So if you've got personal loan debt, credit card debt, even hex or student debt, they will look at all your debts and they'll also look at your monthly kind of spending habits. Typically now a lender will look at the last six months of your spending and they will go through sometimes line by line and query some of your sort of, let's say more egregious or more kind of unusual expenses. They'll start looking at those and you might have to either explain them or if you're spending too much, they just they might reject you for a loan or lend you less money.
0: So we've spoken uh, quite a bit about interest and whatnot, but what about fees?
2: No one likes paying fees, obviously. I sort of tend not to focus on fees that much, just because the interest rate really, really is the key thing. This is, how, this is what affects your repayments hugely. But yeah, fees can definitely add up. Um, a lot of loans have an application fee, which can run up to $600 as a one-off cost. There could be settlement fees. A common one is legal and valuation fees. Those are all upfront kind of one-off costs. A while ago, we worked out in Finder's database across all our loans, the average upfront sort of fees can end up running about six dollars or $700. It's a fair amount of money uh, and you need to factor it in. Um, so it is worth considering. And some loans now have basically no fees at all. Uh, whereas some have quite a few. It's worth thinking about when you're looking at a home loan. Buy pay a fee if you can avoid it? There are also ongoing fees. Some loans will charge a monthly or an annual fee, uh, especially ones with an offset account or, or package home loans that combine credit card and savings account with a home loan. They sometimes have those kind of fees. It can be worth it if the, if the product is good and works for you. A small fee can be worth it. And there's also, at the end of a mortgage, there can be discharge fees or exit fees. So there's all these different you know, costs that can come into it. I think it's worth mentioning too, some fit, some loans will say no fees, but there might be a third party fees for um, yeah, legal and valuation fees, which is the lender's cost of having a lawyer check the contract, and then having a professional valuer to um, yeah, estimate the value of your property. Those can sometimes be charged. A lender might not actually tell you what those fees cost exactly, because they're not charging you, it's the third party that's charging it to do the valuation or handle the legal side of the contract. So, it's just worth asking the lender, you know, what's an estimate of those fees uh, beforehand so you can have a clearer idea of your costs.
1: So, uh, let's go through a, a timeline of a typical home loan and what you can expect during the whole process from when you
2: start researching to when you settle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it's a fairly long process and I think it's until you do it, like most people don't really have much of an idea about it or there's plenty of information online. But really, yeah, you start obviously with, with deciding to buy a property and you start looking for properties. And that you know can take months and months. But it is really good to have the home loan side of things sort of squared away as much as possible You know, when you're actually looking for a property. Because if you find the right property, you're ready to buy, but you haven't looked at the financial side of things, you're really in a, in a big kind of disadvantage. So I think it's wise when you start looking for properties to buy is to, Yeah, start comparing loans, start looking at lenders, and then find one that you think looks okay, and then go and get pre-approval. It's kind of the first step towards getting a home loan. It's a non-binding kind of estimate, I guess. It doesn't mean the lender is obligated to lend you that much money, but it gives you sort of more more of a certainty of what you can actually expect. So once you've got pre-approval, then you can look more closely, find a place that you want to buy, and then you have to actually apply for the home loan once you're drawing up the contract and things like that. So the pre-approval is is the first step of the home loan, but ultimately a full application involves yeah all your expenses, all your income, all that information, and the lender will go through it, and then they will approve uh, your home loan, hopefully.
1: Yeah, I personally found the pre-approval stage was uh, really helpful for me because you have to get all those documents ready uh, before you start applying. So or your your income and your assets and you know your debts and all that sort of stuff you've got to start thinking about that at that stage so it almost takes the burden off you having to make an offer and get your home loan uh and apply for your home loan and get all this stuff ready pre-approval almost like helps you start getting ready for that earlier as well
2: yeah that's that's exactly right and if there are any problems if you've got a credit history sort of problem or or something you hadn't realized was an issue yeah you'll you'll be more likely to get that sorted out in the pre-approval stage rather than yeah have that all fall apart at the last minute, which can be very stressful and and time consuming. And you could miss out on a property that you really want to buy, especially if it's a competitive market or it's a a really desirable property. Yeah. That pre-approval can really make the difference.
1: And I think it's also a great idea if you haven't bought a property before. So when I bought my first property, I had no idea how much I could borrow. It basically helped me limit down what I was looking at to something that I could actually afford rather than look at these properties, these great properties that I could never afford anyways and
2: waste my own time. Yeah, do so, it in
0: reverse kind yeah. of thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Don't just look at properties and get excited. Start thinking about the finances too. And it will help you make a better property decision when it comes to purchase. As you say, it gives you a clearer idea of what you can actually get.
0: So when you're shopping around to find a lender, how do you choose? What are some of the things that, you, that we should be comparing when we're looking?
2: Most Australians really do stick with the big four banks. And a lot of it is just out of habit, I think. A lot of people ask me, does the brand make a difference? Can I trust this small online lender that I've never heard of? And it's interesting because actually when you're borrowing money for a home, the lender is the one taking all the risk because they're giving you a huge amount of money and trusting that you can pay it back. Like no one talks about them their home loan or their lender like it's some kind of, like the brand actually matters once you've got it. So I I do think that focusing on the interest rate is the key thing. Getting a a low interest rate will save you money and that's the most important thing to focus on. All the lenders, whether they're big or small, they're all regulated um, by the same authorities, they're all governed by the same sort of laws, they all have a credit license. So you haven't got to worry too much about the brand, I guess, if that makes sense big or small, it's really more of an issue about finding a home loan that is competitive with the interest rate and that has features that you need. That's probably the main thing to think about.
1: Excellent. Well, uh, that covers all of our questions. Mm -hmm. I feel suitably informed. I think I can apply (laughs) for another home loan confidently. Thank you so much for your time, Rich.
0: Yeah, that was so helpful. I think breaking down the timeline, especially, it just, yeah, there are a lot of steps that need to be taken in this process, but I guess breaking down each step, you know, makes it seem a little bit simpler. So there you go. Now we know all the steps that we need to take to get a home loan.
1: Yeah. Don't be afraid. You know. I'm
0: still really afraid. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. I'm panicking. I know Richard told me not to panic, but it, I'm you're doing the opposite. panicking.
1: It's like when someone says to relax and <laughs> yeah. then you, you can't relax. My
0: heart rate immediately peaks. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, no, we definitely learned a lot, so much information, so we'll make sure to put a bunch of really helpful resources in the show notes at finder.com.au slash podcast, so make sure to check those out.
1: And as always, you can find us wherever good podcasts are sold or handed out. <laughs> so, sold. <laughs> so be sure to subscribe or follow us if you're on Spotify and, oh, follow us on Instagram, please. Oh, yes,
0: please. Send us all the Insta love. If you have any topics that you would like us to discuss or any questions about any of the episodes, feel free to send us a DM.
1: Yeah, Sally and I obsessively check the DMs every morning (laughs) to see who's messaged us.
0: Thanks for listening to Pocket Money from Finder. Head over to finder.com.au slash podcast for the show notes for this episode. The Finder podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools and strategies that will help you make better decisions although we're licensed and authorized we don't provide financial advice so please consider your own situation or get advice before making any decisions based on anything in our show thanks for listening
1: Can we go now? (laughs) Can I go home now?